part of Double P Media, doublepmedia.com. We are talking about the most recently aired episode of Yellow Jackets and everything that came before that. Haven't seen those episodes? Please go watch and then come back and listen. Welcome back to Bustin' Blockbusters. Double M with you, Matt Murdick. Thanks for joining me. We're talking about Yellow Jackets. Season 2, Episode 3, titled Digestive, which was written by Sarah L. Thompson and Amini Rocha. I think is how you say a Z and an S following each other. Directed by Jeff W. Bird, or is that Byard? Me and names, just ask Catfish. It's not a good thing. Melandro? Melodondo? Melodonado. All three. <laughs> all three. I think it it's done for all three. I think uh, based on the way you've written it, Matt, it's just simply Maldonado. Maldonado. There it is. <laughs> oh, I've heard of that before. What? <laughs> and I know this podcast is coming out a little later than the prior two. It's not that I had previews of the other two or anything, but it is available on Showtime anytime. At midnight, the day that it's going to air on television. So I usually stay up late, watch it, and then make my video that next morning, and then put everything together. This week, we're a little later because I was unable to do that. So sorry about that. Here's the interesting thing. This schedule seems a little whacked. According to IMDb, Yellow Jackets is now moving from Fridays to Sundays. So I'm suspecting you'll get these podcasts on Sundays just like this from here on out, if that is the case. But no matter what, we want to hear from you about these episodes, so please tweet to at BustBlockbuster, send emails to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com, and if you want to contact the bosses, that being Bubba, well, don't try right now because he's in England at Star Wars Celebration. He's using all of the millions of dollars that he gets off of his YouTube to finance special trips around the world and then pay me and catfish of course a generous proportion of those massive profits but you can contact him and catfish by tweeting to at the word double the letters phq on twitter that stands for podcast headquarters use that spelling for all of their socials like instagram hive even facebook facebook.com slash the word double the letters phq most importantly, if you want to see videos for this podcast and all of the podcasts that Double P Media does in one singular place, go to their YouTube channel. And that is youtube.com slash at the word double, the letter P, the word media. And speaking of feedback, I've got just a little, first of all, from YouTube. Thank you to Don't Worry. That's their handle name, uh, who just stopped by to say hi on our episode from last week don't worry just said nice one love from australia thank you for watching don't worry really appreciate it and also want to give a shout out to elias sideways who was asking about this particular podcast feed in general um on twitter they just said hey i can't find you on the double p media feed on the podcast app that i'm using and I pointed out that we are a separate feed. You won't get our stuff on any of the things that say like Double P Media on them. But we are just kind of a podcast that gets included in their YouTube channel stuff. And so therefore, we're part of Double P Media. But if you're looking for the podcast feed 
then please subscribe to Bustin' Blockbusters, wherever you get your podcasts. And I suppose if you found the audio version of this, then you already have found it. And hopefully you have subscribed and hopefully you have left a written review wherever you can on certain podcast apps. I understand that you can't, but if you can, you help us get more noticeable and that helps our community grow so that we have more feedback to share. And thank you, Elias, for tweeting that in because I honestly didn't know whether or not I was on that podcast app that you mentioned and found out that we are. So that's lovely to know that we are pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. So please subscribe, rate, and review when you can. We also did two polls last week. I, one I said on the podcast, one I just put out on Twitter to see who was following the poll question that I asked on the podcast was, is Agent Quigley a name that instills confidence in the FBI? It was fairly well split down the middle. 55.6% of you said, no, it does not. The other poll that I just randomly put out on Twitter was, and I kind of asked it on the podcast, but I didn't say I was putting it on a poll. Do you prefer your Jackie to be steamed or boiled? Nearly 75% of you said steamed. So that's the feedback for this week. Here's your rating from me. I gave this 8.5 out of 10, what I like to call double Bs. That stands for befuddled birds. Because they were talking about how the iron is mixing up the birds' directions. And of course, it's not very common that a whole bunch of birds just suddenly crash into a house. I did love learning more about the sleepwalking thing. She's being drawn to these signs. Why she was being drawn over the cliff. Was there a sign over the other side of the cliff last week? Or is it just circumstance and happenstance that this time when Vanessa followed, they went straight to a sign? And of course, Lottie thinks that this is all some kind of lovely blessing. But I wonder, I guess this is the curse, right? Is is this the curse? Or are seeking out these signs seeking protection from the curse that is already there? Either way, it's not good for Talissa. But I'll talk more about that in my notes section. I, I did love this. I, this season doesn't seem to have quite the punch to me that the first season was. Maybe it was just because it was new and I was trying to actually figure something out. And this year, I am just merely watching and trying to absorb things and trying not to ask too many questions, just trying to take it in. I know everybody loves theory podcasts and everybody loves guessing, and that's fine. I have no problem with you doing that. And if you have theories that you want to share with me, again, feel free to contact me. I'll share them in the feedback. I love hearing other people's theories. I'll ask questions, probably the exact same questions that you're asking. But I'm not going to sit here and pat myself on the back at the end of the season if I formulated something that I thought might be happening and then it turned out it was right, but it was only one sliver of the whole of the right. And if you have fun listening to that kind of stuff, I love it. I'm just warning you, you won't find it here. And that was a long way around to get back to my point that this season just doesn't have quite the punch to me that last season did. I do like that we're learning some new things about our characters and about whatever the heck's going on with them. But for whatever reason, I'm just not as into it this time. 
so I don't know that any of my episode ratings will be higher than a 9. And as you know, I can't rate anything below a 7, and so therefore, uh, not getting to even a 9 uh, is a bigger deal. The, the numbers in between are, are bigger spaces. A 7 is almost like a 0 to me, whereas a 9 is closer to 90%. So there's a wider gap between 7 and 9, and this time around I gave it 8.5. Not bad, just not something that just bowled me over. And with that, let's get to my notes. So this is the format that I think I'm going to use for the rest of the season because it kind of offers a little bit of a chance for a recap, but it also gives my thoughts on it at the same time. What happens is I watch an episode and I just write notes down. I do pause the episode because I watch this on the Showtime Anytime app. I do pause the episode, write my note down, and then hit play again. So it's not like I'm doing these completely in real time as the episode is happening. And sometimes I'll even add a note afterwards, just an afterthought as the episode is ending, but then I'll forget where it happened in the episode. So sometimes they're a little bit out of order, but for the most part, they go chronologically from beginning to end of the episode. First note, sexy time with Coach Scott. And then I got to thinking, beards really are pretty terrible for kissing, right? I don't know. See, I, I, I never kissed anybody with a beard, so I don't know personally. But I wonder, because I'm somebody who wears a beard. And now I, I got to thinking, well, that's kind of bad if you're someone who wears a beard sometimes and you don't consider someone else who's trying to kiss you. But I haven't had to worry about that much lately. So, next note. Why doesn't Thaisa remember was she sleepwalking? And I guess the fact that she's having this conversation is a way that we can show that, yes, she could be calling Sammy's mother while sleepwalking. Next note. Coach is passive-aggressive about Jackie's remains. But then again, who wouldn't be? I got a lot more on Coach at the end. But for now, next note. Lisa is decent with an axe, Natalie. You might want to back off a little bit. Here's another back-in-my-day story, but my mother often has told me stories about when she was a child. Her father was a miner for St. Joe Mineral, but they also lived on a farm. And the way they used to dispatch the chickens, and I don't know if she had to do it or not, but she described it very graphically about how they would break the chicken's neck, and that's how they would kill them. So anytime I see a, a chick-cution, a chicken-cution, a chicken-execution, I get a little queasy. Next note. So was Thaisa asleep the whole time? Has she been asleep since the accident all the way through up to this point? Has she been giving consent while sleep-stalking? Next note. That guy is as weird as Misty. Anyway, so much for the appearance of Agent Quigley. And folks, I'm really disappointed in myself, and I'm really disappointed in you. Nobody wrote in to tell me that was Elijah Wood. I figured it out this time. How did I not see Frodo last time? Why didn't somebody write to me and tell me, Matt, you idiot, it's Frodo. Maybe it's that kind of stupidity that doesn't deserve comment. Anyway. I apologize, and I guess that's why I thought that she had dated him last year or something, because I recognized his face, but I didn't know from where. Turns out, he's carrying the One Ring around, and in this show, his One Ring mission is to find out who kidnapped Natalie. 
Next note. Shauna is so much two different people. There's the person in the restaurant who's very meek and humble, and then the person getting carjacked. And that person is scary, and we're going to see that person come back later in the episode for sure. I did think the whole listing of things that was in the car that were important to her as kind of funny and kind of trivial. I mean, Jack's absolutely right. She went crazy trying to do that. And at least she had the sense not to pull the trigger in either case in this episode. Next note. Oh, wait a minute. It's not, his name isn't Jack, it's Jeff. Sorry about that. I'm going to do that from time to time. Anyway, I apologize. So this note actually probably should have come before that note, but it was something that I wrote after the episode was over. And I'm just seeing it here at the bottom of the page. Jeff, you're so spontaneous. I mean, yeah, let's go churn some butter, baby. I hope that wasn't meant to be some kind of damn metaphor. Ugh. Churning butter is spontaneous. Yeah. Next note. Jeez, Lottie gives a tough orientation. That was with that whole thing about the queen bee and how the new one born stabs all the other ones. And then I have here, but we see that Natalie's not buying the BS either in the present or in the past. Uh, I guess that has to do with the little quibble in the flashback about how she's not buying Lottie's bit back there. Next note. Lottie knows Shauna's baby is a him already? So we could figure out from the time that Callie could not possibly be Jeff's baby that Shauna has on the island, if you're going to lost terms, or in the woods. So the fact that it's a him, and I don't know if there was a reference to that last season or not. I really can't remember. Why don't you tweet to me at BusBlockbuster on Twitter and set me straight with some of this stuff. Or you can send emails to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com. You can also leave comments on the Double P Media YouTube, youtube.com slash at the word double, the letter P, the word media. Or on my website, mattsaudioblog.com, where you can find everything else that I do too. But that doesn't get us past the fact that Lottie knows it's a him. I mean, she's really tapped into the connection here, right? So what does that mean? And of course, that connection looks even worse at the end of the episode. But we'll talk about that when we get there. And I got more on this note here. Aw, let's forget that we just ate our team leader last night and throw a baby shower instead. Yeah, I guess you would want to get your mind off of it. But it just came across as so callous to me. Anyway, next note. Elijah Wood is hilarious. I mean, okay, folks, I admit, I've never seen Elijah Wood as anybody but Frodo. Not paid attention to him in a single other movie. I don't know that I've even seen a movie that it was in. Would, wouldn't know it if I did. I mean, obviously, I didn't even recognize him last week. So how would I recognize him in anything else when he's not Frodo? But he's got some pretty good comedy chops. That, all, that whole sequence worked pretty well. Next note. What is up with Misty's friend, Crystal? Ate her twin in the womb? I mean, I get how this is all leading up to that subtle conversation about, hey, eating Jackie, she really didn't taste all that bad. Not great, but not bad. And I'm like, ooh. 
But what is it about Crystal? Um, I've heard theories about how these new teammates, crash mates, are kind of like the spirit <clears throat> being people there and our regular teammates don't know exactly who they are, but they feel like they've been with them the whole time. You know, kind of like imaginary friends, but they feel like they've, they've known them their whole lives or at least as long as they've been on the team. I mean, I can buy that. I can also buy that it's just, uh, you know, the whole Nikki and Paolo thing from Lost just so that they have more people to, to kill that we won't really care that much about. Except they're trying to make us care about Crystal in a way or at least make us interested in her. Is it just to make us have another mystery in our minds that isn't really there? Is it just a Nikki Paolo thing where they just need extra people in there to say things once in a while? need extra people to kill, need extra people to eat. It doesn't really matter to me one way or the other. And I do appreciate that they're at least making Crystal interesting. But then again, you know, if the whole purpose of that was just to get to the point where we say, hey, eating Jackie wasn't all that bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't all that bad. Then, of course, that leads to what we see later with the ritual and all of that or the stuff that we saw really at the beginning of the first season. But it's just gross. Let's stop. Stop talking about it. Stop. Ah. Next note. Uh-oh. Coach is seeing things. That was a creepy scene where the girl went all frothy on him. That was awful. But he's he's seeing those things. And I don't know why. Why is he having the hallucinations? Because he didn't partake? That's evidently what this supernatural force wanted everybody to do. Right? Otherwise, it wouldn't have prepared Jackie in that way. So the fact that he wouldn't participate, is that why he's seeing things now? Or is it just because he's hungry? Because his stomach did growl. But of course, he's also seeing things that are including his past. Like the fact that he was in the closet, costing him his relationship. That's really kind of sad. And the fact that we're getting these flashbacks from before the crash makes me really worry. Coach isn't going to be here much longer, right? I mean, Coach is going to be the next feast, perhaps. And maybe I'll, I'll lump all this together here because then later on in the episode, he comes back, right? And it's like he wasn't part of the crash. Or did I misread that? Because I was thinking that he came back and he saw the news of the crash on TV while he's there with his boyfriend. I don't know what's going on there. I have not a clue. That was just another wrench that they threw in there that it didn't feel like made any sense. And I'm just going to have to wait and see because I really don't theorize. But if you have theories, please do contact me about that. Next note. Natalie's send-off to Jackie is pretty decent. I mean, was appropriate. I kind of felt for Natalie and for Jackie and everybody in that moment. But then, holy bleep, there is no way that gun is going to work on a moose like that, Natalie. And then at the end of the scene, it seems like she's going to go out of the plane. No, no, no. Stay there. Obviously, she gets back. Okay. Obviously, she gets back from the whole thing because we see her in the present day timeline. But it's interesting that it was a white elk or white moose for the Norse people. A white elk is a symbol of divine protection. So it makes you wonder if shooting 
at something like that uh, kind of wreck that protection, right? Or is it the fact that they've all been drawn into something that is completely doomed? And so this divine protection is trying to rid the world of evil. Did they have a chance of not having any of this happen to them? No, it's already happening to them. So maybe the latter is more prevalent in my mind now than it was before I started this conversation. I don't know. All I know, it was it was just, wow. I don't know how they did that. But it was fantastic. Next note. The biggest truth of all is that we're made of lies. Deep, Crystal. Why are they making me care about her? Obviously, there's something about Crystal and maybe these other teammates that we had never seen before. Are they trying to invest us in them so that it'll be really tough for Misty to eat Crystal? Are they trying to invest us in them because they're part of the spiritual thing? Lots of theories out there. Lots of podcasts covering that. If that's your thing, uh, feel free to listen to other ones. Thanks for being here, though. I really appreciate it. Next note. So Thais's thing isn't so much sleepwalking as it is some kind of possession of her body. Or at least that's the impression I'm getting now. It's like there's another entity walking in her. Because as we see in this episode, she can physically see it. At least in a mirror, right? Next note. Jeff, man, you just made it so much worse for Shauna. Just keep your mouth shut. Man, talking to the cop like that? What an idiot. Just, just shut up, man. Do the smart thing. Next note. Holy bleep, Shauna. Man, that was intense. I mean, give it up for that actress because the whole shaking thing, all of that. And I don't know how much of that was Shauna acting and how much of that was real Shauna. The Shauna that ate Jackie coming out. But that was fantastic. And I will say this about the music, too. I know I don't comment too much on the score on this, but it was really nice and dissonant. You had almost kind of like these sound landscapes that composers sometimes use that really amped up the intensity of that. And that description just, I mean, that totally creeped me out, guys. I, I was as scared as that dude was. Next note. I'd written here, will Coach even get out of this episode, let alone the season? But I think I've kind of already addressed that. Oh, but I do have one other note here. Like Catfish likes to say, he gone. Next note. Weirdest baby shower ever. And then I also have in parentheses here, Misty, just stop. And also, did Travis sense something about Coach when he went in to see him? Okay. So, Steel Magnolias, which would have been a very prominent movie for girls of that age at that time. So, I, I love that that was the dialogue that was chosen. But, oh my gosh. And at the end, I couldn't tell if she was just getting polite applause or if they were actually starting to dig it. She obviously thought they were starting to dig it. But, you know, perception is reality, right? Next note. Oh, this refers back to the Thaisa thing that I was talking about before. What the heck was the mirror version of Thaisa saying? I mean, I got the making of the mask part, 
it's probably related to their ritual stuff that we saw at the beginning of the pilot, right? But I put the captions on for the episode because I have to, because my TV doesn't balance things right sound-wise. And I end up hearing more score or more background sounds than I do actual dialogue. But all it says, all the captions said was mouthing. So I have no idea what mirror Thaisa was saying. So if you can read lips better than I can, please feel free to tweet at BustBlockBuster or send emails to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com or leave comments in our YouTube videos, youtube.com slash at the word double the letter P, the word media. Help me out here. Next note. Come on, Misty and Walter. Just hop in the sack already. And I'll, I'll just add this. You know, I'm, I'm shipping them already. They're perfect for each other, which I think will probably end up being bad just because that's the way these shows like to treat things. It may be bad for the fact that she's already probably said too much because he's got that whole Adam theory going on. And now she's claiming this whole thing about knowing his mother and all of this stuff. And if Walter is as good at this stuff as I believe that he actually is, since he's giving Misty information, he's probably going to fact check all of that. Find out maybe that Adam's mother's dead or what have you. And it's just going to make everything worse. What do you want to bet that Misty ends up going to jail for Adam's murder? Wouldn't that just be fitting? No, that's not a theory. That's a joke. And the whole Moriarty and Sherlock thing, Moriarty's a bad guy. Does Walter think of himself as a bad guy? And now we know that Laddie's cult is on or near Cherry Corners, New York. What a lovely town name. Especially to be hosting a cult. <laughs> Next note. Aw, Shauna brought Mr. Schwoozums back to Cali and she hugged it. And now try to explain getting the van back to Jeff. This, this relationship just gets weirder and weirder, right? It's got to be getting weirder for him. It's got to be getting weirder for her. It's definitely getting weirder for Callie. We saw the way she acted out last week. And this is a side of Shauna that's very scary. It's getting more difficult for me to empathize with Shauna, even though sometimes uh, just both of those actresses, the looks that they get on their face, it's just so good. I just go, aw, and I want to root for them. But they're kind of bad people. Although I guess everybody in this show is kind of bad people. Next note. Natalie is going to, and I'm using air quotes, eat the honey, isn't she? She's starting to buy in on this, I believe. And I have to say that Lisa broke my heart with the whole, you know, drop the fork and hug it out thing. Which has to mean that she is completely evil, right? She's going to end up being completely evil because she is so sweet and kind. And I love Nicole Maines. And it's hard for me to dislike Lisa. Especially when she's up against Natalie. But I just keep thinking, oh, that's so sweet that it can't possibly be real. Next note. Yes, that symbol is completely evil, Lottie. Natalie is right. Don't. Put that on a blanket for the baby, like I said, worst baby shower ever. What's with the birds? Yes, they gave the scientific explanation 
But Shauna's nosebleed, and then that, it's all kind of weird the way it all comes together, right? And then, of course, you have the blanket with a symbol that now has blood on it, like a blood sacrifice, and it's been just left on the ground abandoned. This is also weird. I don't know what to make of it. Just have to wait and see where it goes, see if it ever connects to anything else as we continue to watch. I have no idea. I don't know what to do about it. I got nothing for you. Just to say that it's weird. I know. That's so helpful, right? You turn to these podcasts so that somebody can break it down for you or at least theorize about it. And all I'm saying is, I got nothing. Just weird. Sorry. Next note. Last note, actually. Lottie now knows that something is coming. That was a gross vision. I'll never look at honey the same way again. Those were the words that were written. Um, at first I thought it was real. I should have known it was a vision, kind of like the kind of vision that Coach was having, right? Is Lottie just hungry? Is that is that what's going on here? Probably not. Those are my notes. Let's talk about some of the needle drops in this episode. One of the more interesting cuts for me, um, because I don't think this one is very well known, although I'm not very much in touch with pop culture. I just recently started watching Severance. Love it, by the way. But I'm constantly feeling left behind culturally. But this song, When I Go Walkin', uh, by Pope Coke. What a band name. Love that. During Natalie's Walk. Thought that was really cool. Uh, There's not much lyrically to compose with it, but it just kind of gave it that whole, I don't know, ritualistic kind of vibe, which I really loved. Well done. Now, when Misty is starting to walk towards the boat or getting ready and walking towards the boat, uh, you get uh, Cedar by Veruca Salt. And if I remember correctly, um, that's that's a song, of course, from the 90s and a really rocking cut. But it seems appropriate for Misty. Anyway, uh, yeah, and then the uh, next song, Take Me Down, by Sonica Disturbia. That's when uh, Jeff starts getting frisky at the wheel, and he's getting all spontaneous and wanting to churn butter. That's a pretty rare cut. I don't know how old it is, either. It may not be all that old. And I gotta be honest, I'd never heard of Sonica Disturbia before. I had to use the Shazam app to figure that one out. And I don't have any comment for it other than it's just Jeff rocking out, right? Maybe the royalties for that artist were particularly cheap. Because Showtime, while this show is, you know, looks great and everything like that, I don't imagine that they have a whole lot of budget for big time artists. Although last week they used Radiohead and that's got to cost a mint. And the last cut in this episode probably cost a mint. Bells for Her by Tori Amos. Love, love Tori Amos. Incredible piano player, incredible singer. Loved the kind of prepared piano sound, almost like a a toy piano kind of sound uh, that is used for this particular cut, which makes it really creepy. Out-of-tune bells is one of those things that just psychologically sets you off. But the big thing for this one was the lyrics and the way that they accompanied what you were seeing on the film somewhat. This was 
an excellent choice uh, because as they're gathering the birds, you hear these lyrics. And through the life force, and there goes a f- her friend. Wow, creepy. On her nishiki, it's out of time. And then there's another set as Lottie is finding the blood in the hives. Can't stop what's coming. Can't stop what is on the way. So, very lyrically appropriate. Lottie's having this vision of evil. And yes, the evil has arrived. So, love that. And that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Uh, Again, I hope you like this format. I'm just trying something different. And I'm trying to figure out what the heck's going on with the show without trying to put too many ideas in your head because I want to hear what ideas are already in your head so that you can share them with our audience so that you can take credit for a sliver of something when you get it right. And I won't even berate you for that because it's you. I just berate other podcasts for that. And I probably should, but I do anyway. But if you have any issues with what I'm presenting or how I'm presenting it, then feel free to contact me, or if you have any theories about what the heck is going on in this show, feel free to contact me at Bus Blockbuster on Twitter. You can send emails to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog at gmail.com, or you can contact my bosses. You can, I mean, Bubba's in England right now, uh, probably spending millions of dollars at Star Wars Celebration. He may have maybe financed one of the stages where they have Star Wars Live or whatever. Perhaps he's just financing the whole thing because you know that he makes so much money on YouTube. And, of course, he does reward me and Catfish with a significant portion of those earnings. But you're not going to reach him probably over the weekend. But do follow at the word double the letters PHQ on Twitter to get great pictures of the millions of dollars that he's spending. And I'm sure they're on Instagram and on Hive and even on Facebook. They all use the same spelling too. You know, double PHQ, the word double the letters PHQ uh, for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Hive, all those socials. And we definitely want you to subscribe to the Double P Media YouTube. That's where you'll get videos of this podcast. YouTube.com slash at, just like you do for Twitter, the word double, the letter P, the word media. Let me hear from you. I didn't come up with a poll this week. It doesn't matter because I don't know if my polls will work next week. When I feel the need to have a poll, I'll find a way to get it to you and let you be able to vote on it. This is Double M signing off. Take care.